Greetings, friends, fellow citizens, fellow patriots, and even non-citizens, and those from around the world who tune into our podcast. Welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and I'm the host of this podcast, but I'm also the president of the We the People Convention organization. And this podcast and our website and our phone app and our emails and our text messages and our the meetings we hold and the donations we make to other conservative groups are all paid for through the generous donations of the donors to the We the People Convention. And if you are capable of donating to help our cause, to help us uh, protect and defend individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity, I ask you to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and click on the donate link and give what you can. We thank sincerely all of our donors. Thank you so much. So how many of you have had the gunk, right? Oh my, you know, I've been sick since last week's podcast, getting a little better today now. But uh, this is one of those things where it just keeps coming back on you. Every every day you think you're doing better, <laughs> and then you're not. Uh, the next day, you, 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 something else comes up. And boy, just so many people we know have it. Nan's been able to stay away from it, you know, pretty much. But she's having a little issues uh, in the last couple of days. But, you know, if you if you got the gunk, you know, just hang in there, fight through it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of... You know, the, the season, the change of the seasons. And, you know, I guess the good thing is that, that you know, it's good to get it out of the way before Christmas if you can. So, um, you know, if you're suffering with the gunk, I, I, I feel your pain and I hope you feel better soon. Um, for those of you who are new to this podcast, welcome, first of all. Um, this podcast is a news recap uh, of the week's news. What we do is we look at what happened this week, tr- get rid of the propaganda and I'm going to focus on, you know, some psyops, literally, that are being done on you in the news media this week. Uh, and then we expose that, but we get down to what's really true, truly happening, and what is it as far as a threat or a help to our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. And if it's a threat, what can we do about it? So in this podcast, I will ask you to do things, you know, write letters, go see somebody, you know, call someone, you know, take action, vote for something. Um, because, you know, we are not just going to sit by passively and and have our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity attacked. We're going to defend ourselves. And, that, and that's the bottom line. No one's going to save us but us. Donald Trump can't save us. No one can save us but us, okay? And, and that's just, you just have to accept that and then you have to accept the responsibility that comes with that. Now, I want to thank uh, Judy, one of our super uh, supporters from out in Idaho. Uh, she was kind enough to send me this book, Government Gangsters by Cash Patel. And I've been curious about this book, but I hadn't read it. And I'm so thankful that she sent it to me. And if you, if you want to understand what's really been going on, uh, you you have to read this book because Patel, which I did not know, was the guy who basically helped investigate the Russia Russia hoax. He he's the guy that exposed it as as the total fraud that it was. He he's the guy that exposed um, you know the Vindman you know Ukraine you know impeachment call and exposed all that. They you know he he's been 
actively behind the scenes at the front lines of exposing the corruption of the FBI, the DOJ, um, you know, the, the legal system, you know, everything, the, the Defense Department. And what I really like about this book is that, uh, you know, Kosh provides answers. He, he says, we need the FBI, but here's how you got to fix it. You, you need the DOJ. Here's how you got to fix it. We need the FISA courts. Here's how you got to fix it. And I mean, he gives very clear, detailed examples of things that you go, yeah, that would fix it. And I'm very excited that he is in the mix, as it were, that he's still supporting President Trump. Uh, and, and I expect we'll be in the Trump administration and have a very high position because this guy is just a real American hero. And if you haven't followed Cash Patel, you know, over the you know, last couple of years, I ask you to start paying attention to what he says. I know he's got a, a podcast on the Epic Times and all that, but I'm going to I'm going to be referring to this book, you know, throughout this podcast as I explain some things to you. Uh, and and try to help all of us better understand what our reality is, what our situation really is, because it's it's really a lot worse than we actually know. And this book is helping me understand that. And I know that's not what you want to hear, but we need to we need to understand the circumstances if we're going to fix them. And um, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in this podcast. So as you can see, you know our flag is still flaunting upside down. That's not an indication of disrespect for our flag. It is a, a warning to our fellow citizens that, you know, our nation is in dire distress and we are in extreme danger to our life and our property. I will document that for you in this podcast. Let me tell you, you should be flying your flag upside down. And if you want to know why, just go to wethepeopleconvention.org and just, um, you know, search on flag upside down. And it'll tell you why. For those who are, you know, longtime viewers of the show, you know uh, what it, we're all about, and you know that we, uh, you know, we watch very closely the January 6th political prisoners and their situation because they are the canary in the gold in the coal mine. They are the ones who are are showing us what's wrong with our nation. That as long as you have people who are being politically persecuted just simply because of what they believe in, because they disagree with the state, you know you don't live in the United States of America as it was founded by our founders. Why? Because our nation, what made it unique was that we were a nation ruled by laws and not men. And today, we're a nation ruled by men and not laws. And again, we never make accusations without backing it up. I'll, I'll prove that to you. But we begin our, our podcast with a prayer for the January 6th political prisoners, their families, and their lawyers who have, have just been just so badly treated by our nation. As, as I like to say, this is the worst, the, the worst example uh, you know, of American immorality since World War II when we imprisoned the Japanese-Americans you know, because we have paranoia about the war with Japan. These were loyal Americans uh, who were of Japanese descent but have been in the United States for years, and we put them in concentration camps. And we have since apologized and paid some restitution and all that. That's what's going to happen with January 6th. These people you know, need to be you know, given justice. They need to be given you know, compensation for what our nation did to them. And then the people who've done this 
need to be held to account and need to go to prison. And I think guys like Cash Patel know how to do that and will help do that. So before we get on talking about the J6 news, there's a lot of that. Please join me in just a, a brief prayer, uh, you know, asking God to give the January 6 prisoners and their families and their lawyers, you know, the, the, the courage, the strength they need to survive. All right. So as many of you know, uh, you know, we have been working uh, very closely uh, with Congressman Jim Jordan and those guys to try to get, you know, uh, you know, things from this January 6th exposed, um, you know, and there's some really important stories that are, are breaking, uh, you know, this week. This was a very interesting story. Ex-Capitol Police Officer releases audio proving January 6th cover-up. And you guys... I've seen this guy, Tucker Carlson, talk to him, but now he has released on Twitter the actual audio files, and I'm not sure how he did that, but now they're out there. Last week, former U.S. Capitol Police Lieutenant Tariq Johnson announced his plans to release audio from the January 6th Capitol riot, which he says proves the entire incident was a setup and that the proof was covered up. That's a serious charge from a man that was in a serious position on January 6th. He said, I spoke with my lawyer and told him what my plans are as it relates to releasing information on X about the January 6th setup and cover-up that ensued. I wanted to see what, if, if any legal ramifications would be facing. What I do, he stated he didn't see any, and if something arose, he would deal with it together. So here we go. Johnson posted the audio on Sunday. The mainstream media is telling you that January 6th was an insurrection. Please tell me if the actions of Assistant Chief Yogranda Pittman was heroic and proper. To give some context, Pittman's call signs in the audio is Unit 2, and she is sitting on the dais in the U.S. Capitol Police Command Center on January 6th, where she can hear the radio traffic, and she has a 360-degree view of the outside of the Capitol. So then the audio is these police calls coming in from all over the Capitol to that room, where she's at. The J6 police scanner audio indicates that Pittman appeared unavailable or uncooperative in aiding Sun's efforts to deploy the National Guard. The recording supports a criticism of Capitol Police for its failure to take decisive action to safeguard the Capitol and members of Congress, especially in light of prior warnings of potential violence. The audio corroborates Sun's claims after the riot, when, the, when he revealed that multiple, multiple requests for the National Guard before and during the riot were denied. Johnson also called out new Capitol Police Chief Thomas Monger for fighting the release of the January 6th footage. Okay? So, I will link this on our podcast page, that story, and you can actually listen yourself to the audio. Very clear, very clear that this was a setup. Okay? Not our opinion. You know, this is what the facts are showing us. Now, he, he, you know, he said they have been fighting the release of the video. And as you know from this show, you know, like your speaker, Mike Johnson, has said, we're going to release all the video. Well, you know, they haven't. And we've been asking for the raw footage through Jim Jordan's uh, office. And he was on the radio in Cleveland today, uh, this week on Monday, saying he's still working to get that. In the meantime, they've created a new Rumble channel for release of the January 6th footage. 
Nearly 40 hours of more than 40,000 hours of Capitol Police security video has been released by House Republicans since November 17th. 40 hours, folks, of 40,000 in a month, right? So how long is it going to take you to put 40,000 hours out? The fact is, you can't do it. That's what we keep saying to Jim Jordan. We will come with our hard drives. Catherine Engelbrecht, True the Vote, Open Inc. has said, we will fly to D.C. with our flash drives. We'll plug them in the servers. We will copy all the video. We will take it back to our facilities. We will process it, and we will make it all available, and we will use AI to allow you to find things and follow the action of the day. We're going to keep pushing for that. The GOP-controlled Committee on House Administration, um, Subcommittee on Oversight, has established a rumble channel and released the second batch of security video from January 6th. The first few videos were posted on the rumble channel on December 5th, but the next day, the collection grew to 135 clips, each about 10 minutes long. The channel has nearly 700 followers. That's great, but it's not enough. It's not enough. Uh, when he, when he announced the release of the 44,000 hours of January 6th video, House Speaker Mike Johnson pledged to regularly update the website with thousands of hours of footage. In a month, they haven't updated it with even a single thousand hours of footage. If you want to get a real good insight into this, Devin Nunes has a uh, podcast on Rumble. You can just search on Devin Nunes. And he had uh, Julie Kelly on uh, this um, this week to talk about what the, the January 6th footage is going to show. And Julie Kelly said, and I think she's right, that the thing that has not been told about January 6th was the police brutality that took place on the peaceful protesters that was unlike anything we've seen since the 1950s and 60s when the civil rights movement was trying to you know, speak out, and they were beaten and dogs set on them and fire hoses. She says, when this footage comes out, America's going to be horrified and there's going to be lawsuit after lawsuit. And she basically says in this discussion with Nevin Nunes that in reality, the police not only didn't stop it, right? Nevin Nunes was talking about how there was no fencing on January 6th. There were these bike racks, but no fencing like they had, you know, for the inauguration and all that stuff. And he said, that I'd never seen that. And, she, and Julie Kelly said, so not only did they uh, not call the National Guard, not put up any fence, have, you know, uh, you know, FBI agents and other, you know, people in the crowd who didn't stop it, but instigated people to go in the Capitol and stuff. But beyond that, it was a peaceful protest until the police attacked the protesters. That, the, that she's claiming that, yeah, there were some people who broke windows and stuff, but the real fighting with police was in self-defense. That's what you're going to see. That's what we're trying to get out. So, you know, they can have a rumble channel, but it's not enough, and we've got to keep pushing for that, okay? Full release. We, we the people, need to be able to see that, all right? But the, the assault on you continues, FBI arrests conservative actor for taking part in January 6th protests. And this is just absurd. Um, you know, the FBI raided his home and then arrested him when he came back uh, from an event. Conservative actor Sika Masakyu, who I don't know who he, who he is. There's his picture right there. You know, I don't know this guy from Adam, was arrested by the FBI on November 30th 
and charged with a misdemeanor in connection with his presence during the January 6th Capitol breach. The FBI arrested him as he arrived home from a new movie premiere, according to a legal defense fund uh, effort uh, raising money in his name. At the time, he was with his pregnant wife. Uh, the FBI separated them and took him to jail. And so here's what's going on. And Julie Kelly talks about that in the Nunes piece. This is an attempt to just intimidate you. This is not an accident. And we talked last week about the horrific story about air marshals are not flying on our air commercial airliners in the United States be, with the threat of Islamic terrorists to blow up a plane. They're not doing that. They're following people who went to January 6th. And in Cash Patel's book, he talks about how this is not an accident. This is not a few rogue actors. This is a totally corrupt deep state that is trying to protect its power, and they're afraid of you and Donald Trump, and they're trying to stop you from fighting back. They're trying to stop you from defending this nation. And, and, and it, I know for some of you, it's working. I know some of you are afraid. It's okay to be afraid, but it can't stop you from fighting. Every soldier is afraid. You know, every policeman's afraid when they're, you know, got their gun pulled, they've got to go in and confront a criminal that might have a gun. You can be afraid, but that doesn't mean you can't fight. That means you have to fight harder. When they do this to you, rally and support these people. That man's got a GoFundMe page. We've been giving money, you know, to all the January 6th, you know, families and things on our, on our you know, website. We've got links to that. But understand this is a tactic in a battle to enslave you, and you must not give in. Now, I did send out a text, and if you don't get our text and emails, go to wethepeopleconvention.org, and just, you know, on the front page, you just, you know, click, you know, here, and give them to it, because we take action all week long. I asked you on Friday to pray, because the Supreme Court was hearing the appeal of the bogus obstruction of an official proceedings charge that the DOJ has trumped up and misused to put about 300 of your fellow citizens in jail, we believe, illegally. They did hear the case yesterday. However, they will not tell us how they're going to, if they're going to take it up. They heard the reason why they should hear the appeal. They have to tell us, we think on Monday that you know, they will take up the appeal and then we will see if we can get this overturned. Um, I asked you to pray yesterday. I know many, many of you did, tens of thousands of you did. I'm asking you to keep praying all weekend. We need this decision. We need the Supreme Court to set this right. And so um, keep praying for it. That's a direct ask to every one of you. Pray all weekend. Pray until you hear that they have said, yes, we're going to hear this appeal because it's, it's a tipping point for our country. If we want to get back to law and order, they need to take this up. If they won't take it up, we got a much bigger fight on our hands, okay? All right, so on to the big story of the week, okay? Feds finally indict, indict Hunter Biden for not paying millions in taxes, okay? And there's a lot to unpack on this story, all right? There's a lot to unpack. 
Hunter Biden indicted for not paying at least 1.4 million in taxes from 2016 to 2019 while living a lavish lifestyle. And the question you have to ask is, well, how much money do you have to have to owe $1.4 million in taxes? And it's millions. And where do you get the millions of dollars, Joe? Hey, Joe, where did Hunter get this money? A California grand jury has returned a nine-count indictment against Hunter Biden, President Joe Biden's son, charging him with three felony tax offenses and six misdemeanor tax offenses. Special Counsel David Weiss announced the indictment on Thursday night, which alleges Biden spent millions on lavish lifestyle and drugs instead of fulfilling his tax obligations. Well, he did. Instead of paying his taxes, Mr. Biden spent his money on drugs, escorts, and girlfriends, luxury hotels, and rental properties, exotic cars, clothing, and other items of a personal nature, in short, everything but his taxes, read the indictment. According to Mr. Weiss, the charges include three counts of failure to pay taxes in 2016, 17, and 19, and three counts of failure to file tax returns in 17 and 18. The defendant spent millions of dollars on an extravagant lifestyle at the same time he chose not to play, pay his taxes. The indictment notes that Mr. Biden's spending during those years included $1 million in 2016, $1.4 million in 2017, $1.8 million in 2018, and $600,000 in 2019. Right there, you've got four, five million dollars. Wow, that sounds like the five million dollars he got from Ukraine for Burisma, and that Joe Biden got five million dollars. Remember? Yeah. So the point is, he's spending this money. The guy doesn't even have a job, <laughs> right? He's not even working. But the the question is, you know, what is this all about? Well, as you know. Hunter Biden was supposed to, you know, uh, testify next week in front of the House, you know, committee investigating, you know, this this, you know, FBI and DOJ, you know, slow walking and, and cover up of the Biden crime family, and now most legal people are saying that this uh, gives Hunter Biden the ability to just plead the fifth. Well, I expected him to plead the fifth anyway. What I want to do is get the questions out there. And have him plead the fifth. So I still you know, I hope this hearing goes forward and that they ask all the questions the American people need to have in their heads that he's not going to answer, but they're going to want answers too. Now, will he go to prison? And if, and if you go to our website at wepeopleconvention.org, you can see a video of Jonathan Turley talking about this. He can get up to 17 years in prison for these charges. These are serious charges. The reality is he did the same thing in 2013, 14, and 15, and they let the, the, you know, that, the, the, that expire so he can't be charged for that. The DOJ is clearly dirty here, and Cash Patel you know, talks all about it in his book. Okay, This is, this is an, a, a, an absolute intentional cover-up. They knew all about Joe Biden. They knew all about what was going on. They knew all about Hillary Clinton, and they did nothing because they know they're dirty and they know that Clinton, those guys will never do anything to stop the people in the CIA, the NSA, the you know, DOJ, the FBI. They won't do anything because they know that DOJ and those guys got the goods on them. See how it works? Okay. So that's why we have these criminals running our government because of blackmail. It's no different than J. Edgar Hoover back in the day. For those of you who are older, young people, look up J. Edgar Hoover. You want to see how corrupt the FBI can be. Okay? So 
Will he serve time? No. Joe Biden's going to pardon him. Joe Biden's going to pardon himself. That That's what they're going to do. And that's not going to be, you know, something we want to hear. But, folks, that's just reality. The, you know, they're, gonna, they're doing these things to protect themselves. And we just have to keep attacking as best we can. So, again, this indictment is political as much as legal. And everything that's being done around the 2024 election is about preserving the power of the deep state. And nothing says that more than what happened this week with Kevin McCarthy, former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, to retire at the end of the year. Oh, wow, isn't that interesting? Representative Kevin McCarthy announced on Wednesday that he will not seek re-election and will instead retire from office at the end of December, don't you know? Right, He's got to leave right away, but he did this bullcrap statement where he talked about what a you know what a great time he had in congress and how we did so much you did nothing mccarthy you did nothing but destroy our nation okay you you you, you're you're responsible personally kevin mccarthy but see this is what you got to know watch this video clip folks because this is who these people really are and when you look at the democrats they actually look like america when I look at my party, we look like the most restrictive country club in America. Yeah, how's that for McCarthy's uh, basket of deplorable moments? So all that time he was telling you he was for Trump, he was for the make America America first agenda and all that. No, no, no. You're 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 the problem. The Democrat Party looks like America. Oh, really? The was their breast cut off. And, and the ones with the pink hair and the people who are emotionally unstable, the ones committing suicide, the ones who you know are, are, are delusional about race and gender, those 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 are that's America. You know, that's America where you live, Kevin McCarthy. That's not America. How can anyone who believes that be in power in our government other than through criminal activity? What this is about is they didn't like the fact that Matt Gates, that we, that MAGA, stood up and threw his sorry ass out. They, they're upset with us because we didn't do what they told us. And so you know what this is about? This is about making sure that Mike Johnson can do nothing. Nothing. Because we only had a four-seat majority. Now... They threw out Santos, and we talked about that last week, and so we had a three-seat majority. Then Kevin McCarthy says, I'm going to retire. That's a two-seat majority. Bill Johnson in Ohio is taking the job as president at Ohio State University, and he's talking about leaving right away instead of staying on longer. So what does that do? That literally, the, the Democrats, Hakeem Jeffries, could become Speaker of the House. That's what they're trying to do. And I, I, I told someone this week an old saying that we came up with the Tea Party years ago. The Republicans would rather elect a Democrat than a Republican they can't control. The Republicans would always rather elect a Democrat than a Republican they can't control. That's what this is about. These traitors, these 
rhinos, Republican in name only. They are literally Democrats, and now they're trying to turn the the House over to the Democrats. I don't think they're going to succeed. You know, Johnson's going to be replaced. You know, McCarthy will be replaced, you know, with Republicans. But again, don't expect any legislation to come out, okay, of, of the House, because he doesn't have the votes. He doesn't have the votes, and that's what they want. They want to keep the spending, everything going. And so just understand that's the tactics that are being used against you, against our country, against you know, our best interests. And Kevin McCarthy's orchestrating it. So who's the bad guy? Yeah, is it Matt Gates or is it Kevin McCarthy? All right, so now um, I put a story out that was uh, important for you to read and share and it says projection as a political weapon, okay? And and I've talked about it in numerous podcasts, but you've, you've got to get into this because it's up to you to message the people around you so they understand what is really going on. This is a PSYOP. This is a planned, orchestrated thing that the Democrats have decided to do to win the 2024 election and to mislead you and everyone you know, Okay. The fascist left that ignores the law, censors free speech, imprisons innocent patriots for political purposes, now fears that Trump will do the same thing to them. No, they don't. No, well, yeah, they do, they do, but but that's not why they're doing this. He will. He will do that. I said it last week. But with a difference. Trump will apply the law fairly, and that is what they fear most, because they know that they are the real criminals and political and politically privileged people who will not be protected if there's a fair judicial system. And that's what Cash Patel talks about, changing the rules at the FBI, changing the rules at the FISA court that will basically stop all that they do. It's, it's not that hard. It's, it's right here. It's in this book, okay? That's what they fear. They fear Cash Patel. They fear Donald Trump. They fear Project 2025, okay? How deliciously ironic that these leftists express concern over phantom fascism in the future as they look the other way while their grand poobah, President Joe Obama, is laying out a clinic on fascist tactics. This is the same Biden administration that has actually brought criminal charges against his political enemies. Trump never did so, and even though he had ample opportunity and justification against Hillary Clinton, in the act of unappreciated magnanimity, which we were very upset with, Trump began his first few days in office by declaring that he would let bygones be bygones, and for the good of the country, he would not pursue charges against Clinton for illegally moving her servers to an unprotected you know, base outside the government. That doesn't look very fascist, does it? Meanwhile, Biden's Justice Department and the FBI have engaged in one, of the, one action after another that would make J. Edgar Hoover blush. For maybe the first time in the history of this nation, the FBI raided a political opponent's attorney's office to collect attorney-client privileged documents. It also raided the offices of the homes of Trump allies, including Michael Cohen and Rudy Giuliani. And how is it there's not an element of fascism in Biden's government collusion with private entities, from Stanford University professors to social media giants, to stifle the speech of their conservative political enemies? They are the fascists. They're afraid that Trump will do to them what they did to him and they're doing to us. And the answer is, we are going to do that. We have to do that. 
but we are going to do it not to protect our illegal political power. We're going to do that to reestablish the rule of law and American justice. That's what they fear. And so Donald Trump at a, a, a town hall in Iowa with Sean Hannity this week, and of course, you, you, you can't, Trump cannot resist the chance to troll these clowns, and it was beautiful. Here you go. Issue though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody, except for day one. Yeah. Except Look, what? He's going to prison. Except for day one. Meaning, I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not. A, that's drill. That's not. Oh, no. That's not retribution. I got. I'm going to be. I'm going to be. You know, he keeps. We love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border, and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. Okay, so, you know, that was a great line, all right? Sean Hannity and Fox News should be embarrassed. And Charlie Kirk took him to task, and I will do the same. Because Fox News is carrying this PSYOP out that Trump is going to be a dictator. And by making that one of the opening questions by Hannity gives that credence. They should be ashamed. That's why you don't watch Fox News anymore. That's why you're you're watching, you know, uh, Ben Shapiro or or uh, you know Dan Bongino or Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, you're watching this show because they are corporate and they are trying to manipulate you. Okay, so now, so what's their plan to win? Well, you know, the courts are failing them, right? It's the, the, the trials are going to be delayed. Um, you know, there's all kinds of problems with, you know, Trump's going to be you know, stopped because he's being charged. No one believes the charges. They're all bogus, okay? So now they've got this new plan rolling out. Scare people to death because fear is the commie's biggest tool, Right? Fear, you know, is just, we're, you know, we're going to throw granting off the cliff. Oh, you know, Joe Biden told the blacks that the Republicans want to put you back in chains again. Except for one thing, it was the Democrats who put them in chains in the first place, and the Republicans who took them out of chains, right? Oh, and, and, and we're going to throw the seniors off the cliff and cut Social Security. Uh, no, it's the Republicans who understand that Social Security is going to go broke if we don't fix it, all right? They're liars, and they they... Their main tool is fear. That's why you've got to show that story, okay, and share it with people so people understand this is a psyop. It's not real, okay? It's not real. So what's the next part? The next part is, oh, Nikki Haley is surging. She is the person that we want, not Donald Trump. Don't you know? And so you got people like you know, really trusted sources that you and I like, like USA Today, running this piece of garbage. Nikki Haley could mop the floor with Biden. Is that enough to tear GOP away from Trump? At a dinner recently, I chatted with a conservative retired businessman who spends his time between Michigan and Florida. I asked him who among the Republican candidates had piqued his interest. He didn't hesitate Nikki Haley, he said, she's the adult in the room. Oh, how cute. Yeah, like that wasn't, you know, uh, designed for a purpose. Other people are paying attention to Haley too. 
a word that keeps coming up in regards to the former South Carolina governor and U.S. ambassador to the United Nations is in President Trump's administration is momentum. Haley seems to have it. Nikki Haley is certainly in a good position, said Alice Stewart, Republican consultant, don't you know, and veteran presidential communications advisor. You want to have the momentum and you want to peak at the right time. And right now, she's got the momentum and I'm a month out for the Iowa caucuses. In the past week, Haley earned the covenant endorsement from the Influential Cope Network, which we talked about well, a couple weeks ago. Though through Americans for Prosperity Action as political powerhouse, she will get an infusion of money, $70 million, and help from activists on the ground in states throughout the country. Yeah, not so much, AMP. Yeah, wait do you try to recruit activists to help with Nikki Haley. You're going to get this much participation, okay? Uh, the, the, the next day... After you know, Koch and, and endorsed her, J.P. Morgan Chase uh, CEO Jimmy Damon encouraged a group of wealthy business leaders to throw their support behind Haley in an effort to get a choice on the Republican side that might be better than Trump. The more voters hear from Nikki Haley, the more they like her, says Ashley Davis, vice chair of Winning for Women Action Fund, a Republican super PAC that helps elect conservative women in a statement. Her conservative record and pro positive vision are clearly resonating, and she's ridden the momentum into second place in critical early states. Second place. She's at like 10%. Trump's at like 60. Okay? This is all smoke and mirrors. But what's she getting? Here are the billionaires back in Nikki Haley as a Trump alternative. Top billionaire LinkedIn co-founder and Democrat donor Reed Hoffman gave $250,000 to support former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, joining a growing lust of deep-pocketed donors supporting Haley, as many viewers the best alternative to former President Donald Trump, except a bunch of them are Democrats. Hoffman, a frequent Trump critic, was helped finance various efforts, uh, you know, donated money, but he's not the only money Democrat donor getting behind Haley. Uh, Jamie Dimon and others are doing the same. Okay? So Vivek Ramaswamy, who I think many of you are growing to love and appreciate, and who we in Ohio want to become our governor. And our, we don't think he has a chance of winning, you know, the presidency. But he's, he's learning a lot. He's doing a lot. He's from Cincinnati. And we're willing to back him to be uh, run for governor in 2026 in Ohio because we'd love to see what he could do. You know, if he wants to do these things for the United States, what could he do for Ohio? And the Republican establishment in Ohio is terrified of Vivek. So just keep that in the back of your head. But this is why they're terrified, okay? Let me play this little, uh, little video for you here. I want to go back, though, to Nikki Haley's comment from earlier that she is somehow not responding to the will of these donors. Nikki, you were bankrupt when you left the U.N. After you left the U.N., you became a military contractor. You actually started joining service on the board of Boeing, whose back you scratched for a very long time, and then gave foreign multinational speeches like Hillary Clinton is, and now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. And when I said they were bought and paid for, I meant the Republican establishment, not the Democratic establishment. Now you have Reid Hoffman, the person who's effectively George Soros Jr., funding lawsuits across this country against Donald Trump to keep him off the ballot, funding left-wing causes. We discovered this week that he is one of Nikki Haley's largest supporters. So if you're Nikki Haley, how do you look 
America in the face on the camera. When the guy that is funding these bogus attempts to keep to keep your your to keep Donald Trump off the ballot so that you don't have a right as an American citizen to vote for who you want. Nikki Haley looks at this guy who comes to her with a check and says, I'll take it. I thought we were talking about corruption, right? Yeah, government gangsters. Well, geez, Nikki, why in the hell would anybody vote for you? But they're not going to. They're just trying to make you think they are. That's the hustle, okay? So you've got these psyops going on. The polls that show Nikki Haley beats Joe Biden head-to-head, they are so bogus, it's not even funny. There's only one person in this country who can restore our nation, and that's Donald J. Trump. He's the only person who now has this incredibly horrific experience who knows where the bodies are buried and knows who he's fighting and who has the guts to fight him. That ain't Nikki Haley, folks. That ain't Nikki Haley. And so, you know, the, 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 it all continues, you know, the B, bogus, you know, the House investigates Georgia's DA potential coordination with the January 6th committee. And again, illegal activities, but the left doesn't care. The illegal activities, that's nothing to them. They, Cash Patel spells that out. The House Judiciary Committee has initiated an inquiry to claim suggesting that the Georgia attorney Willis might have coordinated with anti-Trump January 6th committee and it may have gotten materials she was not allowed to get. Uh, the uh, conservative lawmakers explicitly accused Willis of requesting the select committee to share evidence and, ch- and to challenge the result of Trump challenging the results of the election in Georgia. And a letter to Willis pointed out that such collaboration presents the potential for procedural abuses and due process violations. Uh, the letter expressed you know, findings that you know, what was, was done by the J6 committee to, again, do what? Here, Willis, we'll give you this bogus information and you use that as the basis to charge Trump. Oh, Jack Smith, his, his indictment of Trump in Washington for the insurrection, literally, I think it's like 48 pages came right out of the January 6th documents, okay? It's a setup. That's, that's what it is. But it's illegal. And, and so it's good that they're investigating that because, you know, that's how you fight back. So just know that, and, and here's the irony of it. So this week, that story comes out that, you know, the January 6th committee was giving Willis documents and information illegally, and then what did they announce this week? Oh, the January 6th committee not only deleted all the videos of the thousands of hours of depositions, but, oh, the FBI and the DOJ and those guys also, like, lost a bunch of text messages and everything that were all part of the investigation. They were accidentally deleted. Yeah. Our government is literally under the control of, of well, his Let's use the word of government gangsters. This is this is who they are. This this is a, it's a, our government is being run by criminals, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't throw them out. And so, why is all that important? What you know? What what is the bigger picture? You know, of all this stuff, it's it's about America. It's about the flag being upside down. It's about 
protecting and preserving our way of life, protecting individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. That's what this is all about. And, and Cash Patel in his book, you know, gives instances of when they killed Baghdadi and stuff, of how these agencies are really good. They have good people who can do really tough things, but they got to stop doing the really illegal things. They got to get depoliticized. But this is what it's all about, folks. And, and, the, and, and that's why the flag's upside down. It says on our sign, a warning to you that we are under attack by the communist Chinese. Here it is. China is running an operation to get Americans hooked on illegal drugs, former DEA boss warns. Police operations from California to Maine have busted Chinese nationals operating uh, illegal marijuana growing sites. U.S. officials have clear evidence China is providing Mexican drug cartels with precursor chemicals to make the fentanyl flowing into America. The Drug Enforcement Administration has substantial evidence dating back to a decade of Beijing's role in flooding U.S. cities with a wide range of addictive and harmful drugs. Now, you're the NSA, you're the CIA, you're a congressman on the Intel Committee, you're a senator on the Intel Committee, you're a general in our military. They have been for decades... China, our biggest enemy, facilitating the drugs that are killing our children. And by the way, military-aged men that you can't now recruit for the military, and you did nothing about it. Experts say there's growing evidence that Communist China has launched a concerted operation to hook Americans on drugs as part of a larger effort to supplant the United States as the world's number one superpower. Adding to the problem, the insecure border of the Biden era has only accelerated operations that have killed, killed tens of thousands of Americans for fentanyl poisoning alone. The National Center for Health Statistics reported that the drug overdose death rates involving fentanyl increased by 279% uh, from uh, 5.7 per 100,000 in 2016 to 21.6 uh, deaths per 100,000 in 2021. I'm just saying, this is this former DEA guy, right? I'm just saying that from a strategic plan of the CCP, it's a brilliant concept that if we could get into America and sell this very pure marijuana and destroy America's brains so that they will go to pills and other drugs, that's a brilliant unrestricted warfare tactic, said former DEA Chief of Special Operations Derek Maltz Sr. to Just the News on Wednesday. When you look at the Chinese Communist Party and you look at the role of China and their criminal network in the overall drug crisis in America, because people are not connecting the dots, this is way bigger than just a bunch of, you know, illegally selling marijuana up in Maine. First of all, it's all over the country. It's not just in Maine. Oklahoma, Oregon, Washington State, California, and you know, all different states. Okay? Now, this they're talking about they found this drug thing in Maine all being staffed by Chinese women. The, the plant in California that was had all kinds of mice and COVID chemicals and, 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 and things that was being run by Chinese in our country. You know, absolutely, totally documented on videotape, tens of thousands of military-aged Chinese men coming into our country, and our military does nothing. The president does nothing. The Joint Chiefs of Staff does nothing. The Congress does nothing. Folks, 
If you don't think, if you don't know we are under attack by the communist Chinese to destroy our nation in order to become, the day they can become the, the number one power in the world, you're a fool. You're a damned fool. And so I'm going to post this story on our website and, and ask for you is that you share this with the uninformed. The threat is real to them. This is real war. They are intentionally killing our children, right? And the politicians just do nothing. We are in World War III. China is fighting it. If we lose, you and I will be slaves. This is not about, you know, we have a different view of the future. This is about rule by the state versus individual freedom and liberty. That's what this is about. That's why we do this show. We're defending our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. They're coming for us. They're not going to just go away, okay? And I'm going to talk to you about some things that are, they'll prove that to you. There's only one option, to defeat them, to beat their ass, to drive them off the beaches of Normandy and out of Germany, to drive them you know, out of, the, of our country. That's the only, cho- the only choice we have, folks. If you haven't accepted that, you need to think long and hard about that or this Christmas season. So how else are they doing this? Well, there, there's a COP28 conference going on over in Dubai or wherever the hell it is. And um, John Kerry, the completely anti-American hater of America because he feels he was robbed of the presidency, right? Biden climate czar, John Kerry demands global ban on coal plants at the UN CO28 conference. There shouldn't be any more coal-fired power plants permitted anywhere in the world, Biden administration, special presidential envoy for climate, John Kerry, declared over the weekend. He made the pronouncements at the COP28 in the UAE. The reality is that it's killing people around the planet, Kerry claimed. Eight million people a year of bad air quality, not bad air quality, methane and coal pollution, Kerry said, before talking about a study from Harvard University about the deaths allegedly uh, attributed to coal. I find myself getting more and more militant because I do not understand how adults who are in a position of responsibility can be avoiding responsibility for taking away those things that are killing people on a daily basis. So this guy's a tool of the communist Chinese. He takes money from the communist Chinese. He's not telling the communist Chinese who are building a new coal-fired electric plant every two weeks. Every two weeks. He's not telling them not to burn coal. And they're not agreeing not to do coal. He's trying to shut off our coal and in Europe's coal and and, in developing countries' coal because it will weaken us, weaken our economy, and destroy our ability to fight. This is asymmetric warfare. And so, ironically, however, the, the study that he quotes, own data shows that particulate matter has been steadily decreasing in the past 20 years, that the annual excess deaths allegedly attributed to coal pollution are nearing zero. How wrong can you be if you stand up on TV and speak to the world and say, Eight million people are dying, and the study you quote says that no one's dying. And then 
these people report that on the news that eight million, but not the zero. Uh, see, it would be therefore be incorrect to believe that more coal plants would lead to more deaths. Kerry is known for making false predictions and spreading misinformation about the climate. You know, absolutely, he and Al Gore, boy, they're the best. As part of Kerry's goal of eradicating the use of reliable and inexpensive coal power, the United States signed onto. Okay, he signed this onto the Powering Past Coal Alliance. By joining the PPCA, the U.S. is committed to a moratorium on new unabated coal plants and to phasing out existing unabated power, coal power generation, the group explains. Carey's daughter, Dr. Vanessa Carey, is a World Health Organization Director General Special Envoy for Climate Change and Health. Oh, I'm sure she didn't get the, I'm sure she got that job because of her qualifications, don't you know? In the news release announcing her appointment in June, she stated that the so-called climate crisis poses a fundamental threat to global health and urgent action is needed to mitigate against this complex challenge. Okay? Yeah. So, again, what are they trying to do? Suffocate us. Cut off our energy. Make it impossible for Americans, you know, to, to pay their bills. That's what they're doing. Why are we letting them? Why aren't we fighting them harder? That's why President Trump said what? I'll be a dictator on day one. We're going to drill, drill, drill. You bet, baby. You bet. Okay? So it was with great humor that at this same conference where these people are talking about they want to reduce the world population to less than a billion from 8 billion. They want to kill you. They want to you know, shut off coal. They want to you know, destroy your life. And they're in the UAE, and the president, uh, the CO, the COP28 president says there is no science behind demands to phase out fossil fuels. Fuels. UAE Sultan Al Jabbar says phased out of coal, oil, and gas would take the world back into the caves. This is the guy who's hosting the event, and at the beginning of the event, he calls them all a bunch of liars. The president of COP28, Sultan Al Jabbar has claimed there is no science indicating that a phase-out of fossil fuels is needed to restrict global heating to 1.5 centigrade, the Garden and Center for Climate Reporting can reveal. Al Jabbar also said a phase-out of fossil fuels would not allow sustainable development unless you want to take the world back into caves. The comments were incredibly concerning and verging on climate denial, scientists said, and they were at odds with the position of the U.S. Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez. Al-Jabari made the comments in an ill-tempered response to a question from Mary Robinson, the chair of the elders group and a former UN special envoy for climate change during a live online interview on November 21st. They went berserko at their conference. The head of it and the host of it said, you're all a bunch of liars. So they beat the living crap out of this guy. And he ended up you know, backing up and saying, well, I was a little too hard. No, he told the truth. That's the truth. Expose these people. They're a bunch of damn liars. And then we're going to just wrap up here before we take a break. You got to talk about, you know, the war in Israel. Hamas terrorists surrender en masse, and the photos and videos are telling. And so what does that mean? You know, Hamas terrorists have sort of started surrender en masse in the area of Khan Yonis, one of the terrorist government's latest, strong, largest strongholds. The latest advance by as the Israeli IDF operating in southern Gaza, a move that has sparked outrage among those who want Israel to stop short of destroying Hamas. 
Okay? And so, you know, the world is saying, oh, you know, the left, they don't want Israel to destroy Hamas. They love the fact that Hamas killed Jews. They want to kill Jews. They want, they, they want to support Hamas. But what's interesting is, let me show you this photo. Here's a picture of, you know, a whole bunch of Hamas people, you know, uh, fighters who have uh, been arrested. And they're, they're sitting there in their underwear. And, I, and I, he said, I look forward to the United Nations and the rest of the international community claiming that strip-searching terrorists before detaining them is somehow a violation of the laws of war. We all know what's coming, and there have been, already been a myriad of articles, such as one in Reuters today, quoting Gaza health officials claiming humanitarian abuses. To this credit, Israel is ignoring all the noise, including that coming from the Biden administration, is focusing on its ultimate goal. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, speaking for the current uh, unity government, has said that destroying Hamas is, is how this ends, and the IDF is continuing that pursuit. Some people report that you put uh, Yaha Sinwar, the military leader of Hamas, in tunnels underneath this area, and that they're, if they get him, that would be a biggest blow yet that the Israelis have, you know, have taken against Hamas in this war. We showed you last week that this is evil. This is ISIS. They must be killed. They must be destroyed. And all the propaganda you hear about Israel, you know, is, is doing too much and going overboard. It's all, it's just, that's what it is, it's propaganda. And you know what's great? So look at these guys. A lot of these guys have beer barrels and they're fat, okay? Something like that. But I thought all the people in Palestine were starving and that the aid wasn't getting through. An elderly Gaza woman shocked an Al Jazeera reporter when she revealed that Hamas terrorists had been taking any humanitarian aid that comes into the territory from the U.S. and the U.N. down into their tunnels for themselves, leaving the Gazan people where they govern with no food or medical care. In the exchange, the reporter first tried to claim that the, old, the aid is not coming. The woman painted a much different picture. All aid goes down underground. The aid does not reach the nation and the entire people. And there's a picture of her, you know, saying that, okay? Now, the point is this. We said right away, as soon as they slaughtered 1,500 Israeli men, women, and children, brutally, viciously, intentionally, the U.S. said, oh, we're going to send aid to Gaza to help the people there. And we said on this show, None of that's going to go to the people. They don't give a damn about the quote-unquote Palestinian people, of which there are none. They are using them as human shields. They're, 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 they're cowards, and they don't care if they starve to death. And there was your proof, okay? There was their proof. Don't buy the lies. And so let me wrap up with the Ukraine war so that you the, the last lie. This is a, a whopper, folks. Tucker Carlson reported this, and people went nuts. Nuts. The Biden administration is openly threatening Americans over Ukraine. In a classified briefing in the House, the House of Representatives yesterday, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin informed members that if they don't appropriate more money for Zelensky, we'll send your uncles, cousins, and sons to fight. That's where we're at with the war. This Lloyd Austin, the head of the U.S. military, told members of Congress that if you don't fund the Ukraine army, we're going to kill your children. They didn't want that out, did they? Elon Musk on Twitter said to Tucker, are you kidding? And Tucker wrote back, no, confirmed. And Austin didn't deny it. 
We can't give another dime to Ukraine. How moral is it? As an American, how do you feel that we're going to give, borrow billions of dollars of money to give weapons to Ukraine to fight a war they can't win and to kill their children simply because that billions of dollars goes to defense manufacturers in the U.S., and that's, quote-unquote, good for our economy. Killing hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian men is good for our economy, so let's do it. Yeah, that's who's leading our country, folks. It's disgusting. I hope you got something out of the first half of the podcast. Uh, you know, you can always go back. This podcast is, you know, you can scroll backwards. You're getting our new chapters player, which you're going to hear about. It helps you go to different stories and share different stories. Okay. I, I hope you, you know, will keep praying for the Supreme Court to take up the case about the obstruction of official proceedings, charges, the bogus charges the government's using. Right. I hope you will take action in defense of your individual freedom and liberty as we ask you. So we're going to take a short break. You've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. When you're playing a video, including our podcast, you'll see this little cloud button. And if you click it, it'll actually download the, po- the video to your hard disk. And this works on our podcast page as well. If, you, if you're playing our podcast, and it's going to be loud, so I won't play it for much. But there's our podcast playing. And you can see this little you know, download button. Okay. The other thing you got to notice on our podcast page is that there's a link here where you can send me a message about this podcast. Hey, it was great. Hey, I didn't like it. What, you know, something was wrong or here's a correction, that kind of thing. You can use that link. And then these are the stories that I covered in this particular podcast. And you'll see there's links that go to the stories, that, to the articles that I used in reporting on that. So you can, you can click on that. Um, you'll also see that um, you can sign up for our emails and text messages, but you can also watch our podcast on Roku TV and on Amazon Fire TV. And these are the instructions for doing that. So this is all on our, our podcast page, right? Right on the front page where the yellow button was. So if you click there. You know, this is our podcast page. These are the instructions for watching on Roku TV or Amazon Fire. And I watch our podcast on TV. It just feels more comfortable. Uh, so you can do that. We're also on Rumble. Uh, if you go to Rumble, uh, you should join Rumble. Uh, and, you know, it's Tom Z at WTPC. You'll see our podcast there. So you can get us a lot of different ways, including on Apple iTunes. And then this is an audio uh, version of our podcast. If you click here, it'll just play the audio of the podcast. It will not, uh, you know, uh, you know, show you the video. So people can, you know, listen to that while they're jogging or, you know, working out, working in the yard or just relaxing and just want to listen to the audio and not watch the video. And again, this is available on phone, on your iPad, on your laptop, on your computer, any way you want. And you can share 
you know, this, this, you know, whatever you see, if you're on a page that you, you know, you really like and, you know, you see an article that you think, geez, I've got to share this article, you know, with uh, someone in my family. You can send them an email by clicking on the little envelope. You can uh, post it on Parler or MeWe. And if you click on this, you get all kinds of options, you know, where you can put it on Twitter or Facebook, whatever, which we don't support. But uh, you can do whatever you want. So, so we ask that you share what uh, you see on our We the People convention site and that um, you get more people to look at it because uh, that's the whole idea here, to help uh, educate people, inform them. And then, as I said uh, before, Link, we're not just about talk, we're about action. And in my podcast every week, uh, which is published every Saturday, so if you, you know, the new podcast usually comes out every Saturday. And in that podcast, I will ask you to do certain things that will help protect and defend your individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. So that's the We The People Convention website. Come back often, use it uh, to be informed, be informed, and uh, share it with others. Thanks a lot. All right, and we do thank you for donating to the We People Convention, but mostly we thank you for watching this podcast and for sharing it and for acting on the things we ask you to act upon to help protect and defend our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. Okay, so well, thank you to, to, to all of you. Um, and I also did want to mention that you should download our, our uh, phone app uh, at uh, your Google Store or Apple Play Store, uh, you know, and, and just it's uh, WTPC Convention and download the phone app and install it on your phone because then I can message you uh, very uh, easily and, and, and without cost to us once you download the app. So that's a great way for us to, to save some money. Uh, I also want to thank you know our, our our generous donors. We had a a really nice gift from a, a good supporter of ours from Stowe, Ohio this week. Very generous. We appreciate that. But folks, there's tons of you who give two dollars and three dollars and five dollars and ten dollars. They help. They keep things going. We're spending lots of money in the fight that we're in, and we are fighting. Man, this week was unbelievable. I mean, the hours that we put in this week fighting multiple fights on multiple fronts was unbelievable and it's just going to stay this way for the next 12 months so anybody who gives we greatly appreciate what you're doing thank you for that all right let's get on with the rest of the show uh just you know a little more random not as tied together but things you need to know and act upon i've been beating this drum pretty hard and i'm doing it for a reason uh, this is the story about uh you know jack smith subpoenaing Donald Trump's Twitter records. And, and you know, I talked about it last week, and I'm talking about it again because I need you to share this with people. Donald Trump had over 88.9 million followers on Twitter back in 2020 before he was removed from the platform. If you were one of them, if you, ever, if you just retweeted something post, uh, Trump posted ever, Jack Smith now has not just your Twitter name, but all your metadata, including your IP address, so that he can build a database of Trump supporters to target next year for the election. Special Counsel Jack Smith's comprehensive search warrant for information related to former President Donald Trump's Twitter account sought the 2024 Republican President's primary from around search history, drafted tweets, blocks, and mutes. The special counsel also made a list of all devices used to log into the account and information on users that interacted with Trump's heavily redacted court filing uh, show. How does he have a right to this? I mean, how far does the court let him go? And, and Twitter, to their credit, fought back. They, they didn't want to give it to him. 
They got fined $350,000, which is nothing to Elon Musk. But the point is, what gives Jack Smith the right to do this other than to target you? And so the reason I'm sharing this with you is the government also sought information on users who interacted with Trump leading up to the riot on January 6th. All information from the connection or notifications tab for the Twitter account, including all lists of Twitter users who have favorited or retweeted or followed posts on the account, as well as all tweets that include the user's name associated with the account, i.e. mentions or replies, must be included in the data provided by Twitter. My fellow patriots, I'm doing this for a reason. There are many people out there that you know who think you're crazy because you're all fired up to fight you know, with the flag, you're, you're, to fight the Chinese, to fight you know, the corruption, to, you know, to, you, that you know what's in this book. They think you're nuts. They believe a lot like you, but they think, oh, yeah, well, Joe Biden stealing money. That's, you know, they all do that. Hillary did it. Trump did it too, you know, which isn't true. Okay? They think that it'll be okay, that they can just hide. I need you to share this with them to make it clear to them that they understand they can't hide. They're already targeted. They're on the list. Air marshals are following them around the country when they fly. They're following their children, okay? They, you need to wake these people up from their slumber and make clear to them that what's happening to the January 6th political prisoners is what is planned for them if they don't fight. There is nowhere to run to. There's nowhere to hide. They know who you are, and they're going to crush you because they can't have any dissent. That's the whole thing here, right? They can't do any of this if people know. If people, the evidence is clear as a bell. If people knew about the Hunter Biden laptop two weeks before the 2020 election, Donald Trump is president, Joe Biden never becomes president. That's why they hit it, Okay. Information is the sunlight that disinfects the criminal acts. And that's what we got to do. And that's your job. And I'm asking you to share this story so that people understand you're, you can't hide. They got you. 89 million of you. They know who you are. It's just that simple. Okay? So, again, you got to fight the Daily Wire and the Federalist Sue Biden State Department over a censorship effort. And this is a story that's been building and building. In a lawsuit against the United States, uh, United States Department, alleging that the government agency funded censorship technology designed to bankrupt domestic media outlets with disfavored, disfavored political opinions. The State Department is tasked with foreign relations and has no authority over domestic affairs. Yet it took a government office designed for countering foreign terrorist propaganda, the Global Engagement Center, and unleashed it against Americans engaged in what it claimed was disinformation, according to the lawsuit filed in federal court in the Eastern District of Texas on Tuesday night by the Civil Liberties Alliance. So the suit was joined by uh, Texas, by the way, the Daily Wire, the Federalists, and the state of Texas. It was one of the most audacious, manipulative, secretive, and gravest abuses of power and infringements of First Amendment rights by the federal government in American history, the suit said, which also named Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and five other officials as defendants. 
The lawsuit asks the judge to declare the State Department's attempt to interfere with domestic speech illegal and to permanently bar it from developing, promoting, or encouraging others to use technology to de-amplify, shadow ban, or restrict, restrict the lawful speech of the American press and of Americans. GEC was founded in 2021 as a Center for Strategic Counterterrorism Communications and tasked with countering the propaganda of foreign terrorists like Al-Qaeda. In 2016, it was renamed but kept the same counterterrorism mission. Congress has made clear that none of the funds authorized for this entity shall be used for the purpose other than countering foreign propaganda. But that's not what happened. Nonetheless, GEC turned its focus on Americans. The complaint alleges using taxpayer funds to finance the development and promotion of censorship organizations such as NewsGuard and Global Disinformation Index, which regularly targeted conservative media outlets such as the Daily Wire and the Federalist with the stated goal of limiting their ad revenue. We're going to silence our critics. The new Civil Liberties Alliance, uh, Mark Chenoweth, who was representing the outlet, said the federal government cannot do indirectly what the First Amendment forbids it from doing directly. The Supreme Court has ruled they're guilty of sin. This suit is important because we got to keep attacking the people. We got to keep the sunlight. We got to keep the Federalists, the Daily Wire, and Twitter open. We've got to have these, this communication. You've got to be able to know the things we're talking about in this show today. This lawsuit helps that. And the House Republicans did something smart for once to help with that. House Republicans secure provision. Let's see. House uses the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization, Authorization Bill, uh, to, to basically rein in the use of, of funds to help silence us, to stop them from, you know, censorship. House Republicans have secured a provision in the 2024 National Defense Authorization Act that prohibits the Department of Defense from contracting with disinformation countries, companies such as NewsGuard, arguing that the Pentagon should not be engaged in censorship of domestic news outlets. No kidding. Okay, the House Armed Services Committee agreed to strip many provisions of its version in negotiations with the Democrat-controlled counterparts of the Senate. So they're negotiating. The House and the Senate are negotiating what's in the National Defense, you know, Authorization Act. But the provisions targeting government funding of censorship technology remained in the final legislation, which will likely receive a vote as soon as next week. So the Republicans were smart. They 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 fought like hell to get the funding for this illegal censorship out of the next defense budget. That's what you have to do. That's how you win. The provision comes as government funding of the censorship industry comes under the microscope. A senior committee aide says it was borne out of concerns about the Pentagon's award of $750,000 to NewGuard for its demonstration, for it to demonstrate whether its technology can be used as a defense application. The aide said the company such as NewGuard and Global Disinformation Index poses fact checkers of online content and claim to root out misinformation, but in the process, they are censoring conservative news outlets, which I think was their real goal. That, that, that They weren't trying to stop misinformation. They're trying to stop you from knowing the truth. They're trying to stop. I mean, you can't believe in this book, the efforts they went through. Today, they still, Donald Trump declassified all the Russiagate stuff, all the tweets from Strzok and Page, and they just refused to obey the declassification. They literally 
are so because because Cash Patel saw them all. It's horrific. The stuff that's in there just exposes them. They just call things classified all the time, not because it's classified, to cover up their crimes. And so this is how you got to fight back. And you should be glad that people are fighting back because you have to. Okay, this is an ongoing story that we've been talking about and it and, and, and makes me angry. But, you know, you got to know what's going on. Nearly $5 billion in additional student loan forgiveness approved by Biden administration. Let's see. Um, this has just happened this week. Uh, the nearly $5 billion additional student loan debt forgiveness to over 80,000 student borrowers has been approved. The White House announced Wednesday, just this Wednesday, the reef is made possible by fixes to the public service loan forgiveness program, don't you know? This latest $4.8 billion is a re in relief brings the grand total of approved debt cancellation by the administration to $132 billion for over 3.6 million Americans, according to the White House. Okay? And I said to you last week, when we covered that bigger story, and they, so they did it last week, and they did it again this week, doing more, okay? I said, they're buying votes. They're just plain buying votes. So the House passed a, a bill to repeal by the student loan program. The House passed a bill. The, the House of Representatives on Thursday, so they did their $5 billion on Wednesday, the House of Representatives on Thursday passed a bill that would repeal the student loan plan issued by the Biden administration after its original plan was ruled unlawful by the U.S. Supreme Court. The Savings on Valuable Education Plan, SAVE, was issued by the Department of Education on July 10th, less than two weeks after the Supreme Court struck down the administration's plan to forgive $10,000 of student debt held by all borrowers making less than $125,000 a year. House Republicans, who have opposed all student debt forgiveness plans by the administration, passed a bill that would repeal the state plan on Thursday by a vote of 210 to 189. The only difference between President Biden and a snake oil salesman is a title. Biden administration is a title. Biden's administration knows that what it is doing is illegal, but it's pushing forward anyway, promoting a safe scheme as a solution to America's broken student loan system. In reality, the SAFE scheme is a desperate effort to curry favor and buy votes ahead of the next election, wrote Republican Representative Virginia Fox of North Carolina and Lisa McLean of Michigan, the principal sponsors of the bill. This scheme will leave mounds of debt at the feet of taxpayers while absolving millions of borrowers of their loans. What's worse is the future borrowers will have to take on loan expenses, uh, forgiveness, which in turn encourages schools to raise tuition. So again, I've said to you in the past, and many of you know this, that the worst thing that ever happened, that we let happen, that Republicans let happen, was for the U.S. government to take over the student loan program. Okay? Well, why do I say that? Because when I went to college, I actually had to go to Marine Bank in Erie, Pennsylvania, and apply for a loan and the loan officer want to know how it's going to pay it back. And they want to know what was your major. And, and, and they want to know how your grades were. But with the government takes over student loans, oh, no, you get it because you're, you're gay, you're trans, you're black, you're poor, you're, whatever the hell their stupid reason is, anything but can you pay it back. They didn't give a damn about your majors. And you know what that did? That was a green light to the colleges to raise tuition through the roof. They've, they've, the, the price of college tuition is out of control. It's worthless. It's an absolute scam. But if you can just borrow all the money, you know, if the government never said no, you never had a, a credit check, and there was no limit, then they could charge anything they wanted. And isn't that what they really wanted? Isn't that how the left helps the left? 
Remember, I tell people all the time, I want to remind you guys of this. People have said to me since the founding of the Tea Party, 15 years ago, in 2009, they said, Tom, how can we defeat them? They control the government, the military, the media, the, 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 the education system, the medical system. How can we beat the left? And I said, they have an Achilles heel. Everything they do, we fund. We pay for everything. Okay? And if we stop doing that, they're gone. There's no there there. It's that simple. Electing Donald Trump, taking the House and the Senate, upgrading the representatives from rhinos to real MAGA champions like Matt Gates. okay, that's going to put us in a position with Project 2025 to defund our enemies. And that's why you got to do it, because this student loan program crap shows you exactly how it works. And here you go again. Here's one more story. You want receipts? Biden rule takes lunch money from schools that reject, reject progressive gender sexuality agenda. A new Biden administration rule forces schools to comply with progressive ideology on gender and sexuality or risk losing federal aid for free and reduced price school lunches. Legal observers say this is just the first in a slew of new rules on the horizon tying federal education funding to a far-left policies of gender and sexuality. The school lunch program funding concentration began in May 2022, as the Center Square previously reported with an announcement from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which handles funds helping for school lunches. The USDA said at the time it would change its longstanding interpretation of Title IX, the law broadly governing discrimination protection in education, and it would expand its, uh, its programs by prohibiting discrimination. The, the Food and Drug Administration would prohibit discrimination by denying kids food. Okay? Totally illegal. They have no right. The USDA has no right to change their interpretation of Title IX. Title IX was written by Congress. The only one that can change is Congress. Since Barack Obama, they have been lying, and people just take the lie and pretend it's the law. There is no law that says that trans have equal rights. That, that trans, let me state that more clearly, that the, 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 the laws against Title IX prohibit uh, uh, discrimination based on your sex, your, your, um, your, your veteran status, your age, things like that, that are physical issues that are documented. It does not apply to gender identity. They want to make it apply, but it does not. It's not the law, and the courts have shown that. Okay, But what are they doing? They're using our tax dollars to jam their ideology down your kids' throats. How sick is that? It's ultimately sick. But you know what? I told you the story of, 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 uh, you know, months ago that I was in Delaware County, Ohio, and a conservative group had taken over the school board. And they were faced with this. And they told the federal government to take your, your food, your lunch money, and stick it. And they made their own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and fed the kids and didn't implement the gender ideology, indoctrination, critical race theory. They took charge and said, no, we're not doing it. Don't take the bribe. That's how you fight back. And so, you know, here's another reality check, and, and we need to understand, you know, what it's all about, okay? Because this is our new reality, and this is the battle we fight. In October 2023, the foreign-born share 
was the highest in history of U.S. citizens at 49.5 million and 15% of the U.S. population. Immigration is now at records. The Census Bureau's current population survey shows the total foreign-born or immigrant population, legal and illegal, was 49.5 million in October 2023. Remember how forever they've been telling you there's only 10 million illegals here? Remember they've been telling you that? Oh, it, it, what are you worried about? It's only 10 million. Yeah, it's almost 50 million, and it's 15% of our population. A 4.5 million increase since President Biden took office and a new record high. At 15%, the foreign-born share of the U.S. population is also the highest ever recorded in American history. And as the debate rages over the ongoing border crisis, this funding is important because administrative numbers such as border encounters or even legal immigration arrivals do not measure the actual size of the immigration population, which is what ultimately determines immigration impact on the country. So we're, are, how many of your, how many of you watching have uh, families who are immigrant into the United States? I'm Polish, Tom Zawistowski. You think I was born here, right? We're not against immigration. We're for immigration that is merit-based. See, this is with the lie that they keep telling you, oh, you're a hater. You hate brown and black people. You just don't want to let anybody in the country. That's just not true. But here's the problem. What's the plan to assimilate 49.5 million people? Where's the money? Where's the budget? See, these people are here now. They're not going to be gone tomorrow Though we're going to try to make sure a whole bunch of them are. Donald Trump and those guys, right? Deport, deport, deport. Millions of them. Why? Because we can't pay for them. And we have no reason to have to take on that debt as citizens in our taxes, in our schools, in our public safety, in our medical care, in our community. Who do you think is paying for these people? You are. I am. What's the plan to assimilate them? When are we going to make English the official language of the United States and everyone learns language? There's no signs in Spanish or whatever. That's how you become the melting pot. That's how you join together. But they're not here to become Americans. They're here to take from America. They were put here by China and the globalists to destroy our country, our cities, our families. The crime from these illegal immigrants is unbelievable. Murders, rapes, carjackings. Oh, yeah, but Tom, you're just a hater. The problem is there's no plan except to destroy America, and we're not fighting back. Every damn Republican governor is responsible for not telling the Biden administration, you bring them here, we're putting them on a plane to Washington, D.C., every one of them. Let's have 49 million illegals in Washington, D.C. and see how long Congress lasts. A couple more points. The foreign-born population has grown an average by 137,000 a month since Biden took office, compared to 42,000 a month during the Trump presidency before COVID-19 hit, and 68,000 a month during Obama's two terms. The scale of immigration is so high that it appears to have made the new Census Bureau population projections published on November 9th of this year, obsolete. The Bureau projected on November 9th that the foreign-born share would not hit the 15% rate until 2033, and it hit it a month later in December. The largest percentage increase since 20, January 2021 are from immigrants from South America, up 28%, Central America up 25%, 
Sub-Saharan Africa up 21%, the Caribbean up 20%, and the Middle East up 14%. No terrorists in that group, I'm sure. While a large share of the recent foreign-born growth is due to illegal immigration, legal immigration still accounts for three-fourths of the total foreign-born population. Now, that's skewed because they're counting people who were foreign-born who were here a long time ago and not just what's happened recently. That's a problem, folks. You talk about Social Security, you talk about Social Safety Net. Yeah, that's what I call a problem. 50 million uninvaded guests. Yeah, but no plan about it. Don't even want to talk about it. My orca says, oh, the, you know, the border is closed. We have to have a discussion about immigration. They want to make them all legal and make them voters so they can keep control over you. That's what this is about. Okay, a couple more stories and we'll wrap this baby up. I'm really excited about this one. Really excited. Uh, bombshell ruling from Texas judge. FBI ordered to turn over Seth Rich's uh, laptop. Now, this has been going on for a long time, folks, and it needs to keep being pursued. This is, this is important, okay? Um, a federal judge in Texas ordered the FBI to turn over the personal work laptops of murdered Democratic National Committee staffer Seth Rich. In his Tuesday ruling, U.S. District Judge Amos Mozat of the Eastern District of Texas directed the agency to provide a timeline for the disclosure of information on Seth Rich's personal laptop. Seth Rich's personal, uh, his work laptop, the DVD and tape drive within 14 days following issuance of his memorandum. The, uh, using the date of the judge's order, the FBI has until December 12th this week to provide this information. The ruling was made as part of a long-running Freedom of Information Act battle between the FBI and Texas Attorney Ty Clevenger on behalf of his client, Brian Huddleston. And it follows a September 22 order by Mazan directing the FBI and the Department of Justice to hand over all their information they have related to Rich's death. In that ruling, the judge said the FBI improperly withheld the contents of Rich's laptop and rejected the agency's argument that it was necessary to protect his parents' privacy. Again, a total scam. The FBI has not, has not satisfied its burden of showing more than a diminished privacy interest that would justify withholding information. According to the court, uh, the fines the FBI improperly withheld this information under FOIA. This is years now. Rich's unsolved murder has spawned numerous conspiracy theories, including those accusing the FBI of a sinister cover-up. The 27-year-old Democratic operator was gunned down near his home in Washington in 2016. There's a picture of poor South Rich. Okay. Rich police reports claim Rich was the victim of an attempted robbery, even though he's had on his body, they found him dead. His wallet, credit cards, watch, and cell phone were still in his dead body when he was found. Now, what is this about? This is about what Cos Patel is talking about in this book over and over and over again. The whole Russia, Russia hoax. Seth Rich gave Julian Assange on a thumb drive, the emails from the Democratic National Committee where Hillary Clinton and John Podesta and all those creepy liars in the DNC were calling gay people names, were doing anti-Semitic remarks. is a big scandal. And what happened? The FBI didn't even go in and get the server. They're claiming the Russians hacked it and that it was part to help Donald Trump get elected. And the FBI doesn't seize the server because, oh, the Democratic Party didn't ask them to, don't you know? And the Democratic Party hired a company called Scroud Psych, 
CrowdStrike to basically scrub the server, okay? This has to be investigated to its end. The people responsible need to be charged. That's what we're fighting for. And I'm so glad, whoever these people are that have kept fighting for Seth Rich, God bless you guys. What, what a commitment to truth. It's awesome. This story I want to put in context because the, the left is using it in a way that you expect them to use it to her, but it's not what they say. Fake Donald Trump electors settle civil lawsuit in Wisconsin agree that President Biden won. Wisconsin's pro-Trump fake electors uh, you know, settled their lawsuit. Let's see here. Uh, falsely asserted that former President Trump won the 2020 election when they uh, there conceded that their actions were part of an, uh, an effort to subvert the state's election results as part of a settlement agreed uh, made public on Wednesday. And remember, these were the grandmas, the people who signed forms saying, I will go to be an elector for Donald Trump because we think the election in Wisconsin was stolen. There's nothing wrong with that. The Democrats have done it many times, okay? But they want to make challenging an election criminal. So what they did is they, the settlement is part of the statement, is part of a settlement involving $2.4 million lawsuit that Biden's Democratic electors filed against these Republicans. So they, they take these poor you know, innocent Republican people that are just trying to do the right thing for their country. They file a $2.4 million lawsuit through them. They drag them through the media. They, they attack them publicly. And then what do they do? They get them to settle. And what do they want? They want them to say, Joe Biden won, and we were trying to falsely change the election. That's what they want them to say. But the fake electors won't pay any damages or attorney fees under the deal, and there is no admission of culpability or liability. That's the part that they buried. Now, I'm damn glad, because we raised money for their defense, I'm glad they're all out of this mess, okay, and didn't have to, they, they weren't found guilty of anything, but, you know, there's the media with the win, fake Donald Trump electors. They weren't fake if there was actually an investigation of the cheating in Wisconsin, which the Supreme Court said there was because the, the, the state attorney general changed the rules about absentee ballots without the approval of the legislature, which the, the Supreme Court ruled was illegal, okay? It was a stolen election, and they would have been the electors. But understand how it's played, right? They're, the headline they wanted was this, and if you search this story, they were fake electors. No, they weren't. They were good Americans like you and me, just trying to do something for their country. This is another very big story for us, and, and something you've been following, I'm sure. This is about the anti-Semitism, anti-Israeli stuff on college campuses. There were hearings this week. Penn, the University of Pennsylvania, loses a $100 million donation as squad rep says anti-Semitism anti being weaponized. That's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is that these three college presidents from Harvard, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania came to the House of Representatives and could not say when Stefanczyk, the Republican you know, uh, Congressman Stefanczyk, who's really been good, just literally said to them, can you say that calling for the destruction of Israel, for the genocide against Israelis on your campus is not allowed. And they wouldn't say it. They wouldn't say yes. 
they said it has it depends on the context well that didn't go over too well okay and now they're backpedaling like crazy and so here's what happened the university of pennsylvania lost a hundred million dollar donation over the con controversial congressional testimony from the school's president ross stevens former ceo of stone ridge asset management told the school of his move in a letter with his lawyer obtained by Axios. In it, they cited President Liz McGill's testimony as the impetus for the rescinding of the gift, and they mentioned broader problems with the college's handling of anti-Semitism. It says, it's a it's permissive approach to hate speech calling for violence against Jews and laissez-faire attitude towards harassment and segregation and discrimination against Jewish students would violate any policy of rules that prohibit harassment and discrimination. But you keep claiming, President McGill, that you know there's no such thing going on. Well, when you belatedly acknowledge in my letters only after a congressional testimony went viral and demands their termination and flight, she called for the genocide of Jewish people to constitute harassment and discrimination. So after the hearing, she said, oh, oh yeah, you can't do that. But he said, in light of the foregoing, Stone Ridge has reason to believe that the university's actions or lack thereof constitute uh, a violation of our donation. Okay? And he said, in my letter to you, however, I noted that in the Foundation for Individual Rights and ex ex Expression, FIRE, Free Speech Ranking, Harvard has consistently finished in the bottom quartile in each of the past four years. I noted that Harvard's ranking has de deteriorated each year, receiving its lowest free speech ranking ever with the 2023 academic year. Last year, get this, last year, out of 254 universities with a rating of zero, you, the that Harvard University was the only university with a zero ranking in the entire country. And they got on TV to claim a claim that they allow free speech. And they took $100 million away. And then there was that letter that came out uh, by the, the other donor who just you know, eviscerated them because he's Jewish and he didn't know this was going on. And so lots of donors are withdrawing money. And this is another battle that's destroying the, the, the left, the regressive left. Why? Because they play identity politics. They're trying to say Israel is white and Arabs are brown and therefore the whites are oppressing the brown and blacks and that's why we hate Israel. It's, it's nuts. They killed 1,500 people in the most heinous, despicable way. They cut off their heads. They cut babies out of mothers' bellies and then killed them in front of the mothers before killing the mothers. You can't denounce that? Then you're Satan. It's just that simple. But it's not that simple to people who've been indoctrinated and who don't think right and have no God. That's part of it. This was another big thing I was really happy about. Appeals court says Mackey's meme uh, uh, stays Mackey's meme conviction. This is a very important story to you and I. In a win for freedom of speech and common sense, Second Circuit Court judge overrules appeals court conviction of election meme. A federal court on Monday halted the prison sentence of Douglas Mackey, who was convicted earlier this year of election interference for posting memes that mocked Hillary Clinton's voters to cast their vote via text during the 2016 presidential election. Full disclosure, we the People Convention did donate to his defense. Okay. 
Mackey was accused of a scheme to drive, deprive individuals of their constitutional right to vote after a Twitter account he ran under the handle Ricky Vaughn posted memes in the lead up to the election in October. In October, Judge Ann Donnelly of the Federal District Court in Brooklyn sentenced Mackey to seven months in prison and a $15,000 fine and two years probation for putting out a meme. However, Judge Ormar Williams of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals reportedly overruled the appellate court in granting a motion for bond pleading appeal. This ruling is, a, is huge because it means that the appeals court decided that my appeal presents substantial and debatable issues of law that I resolved in my favor was, and if resolved in my favor, will result in my conviction being vacated, Mackey said on X. The prosecution, on the other hand, argued that my appeal was frivolous and that and this was a typical election crime case like any other in U.S. history. This is a very encouraging step towards vindication. Again, their misuse of the law, us making sure that we sustain the rule of law. Mackey was charged one week after President Joe Biden assumed office and roughly four years after the 2016 election. The Justice Department said that Mackey had worked with other influential Twitter users between September 2016 and November 2016 to disseminate fraudulent messages which persuaded voters for Democratic President candidate Hillary Clinton to cast their ballot by phone or social media. Now, they claim that in court, they never showed that a single person tried to vote by tax. They never showed it. And guess what? The lead witness, the person accusing Mackey of, of deliberately trying to interfere with your right to vote with these memes, was an FBI plant who was in this Twitter community that was sharing their stuff. He's an FBI plant. And then when they tried, when his lawyers tried to bring him the FBI plant to testify, he's your main accuser. The law says you have a right to confront your accusers. The DOJ said he was not allowed to testify because we can't, we can't expose his identity because he's an agent. How's that for equal justice under the law? How come the judge didn't just say, well, then you can't, if you can't face the accuser, it's case dismissed. Now this still has to be, you know, decided, but this is how you fight for freedom, folks, and it's really important. So I'm going to wrap up the show talking a little bit about some things here in Ohio uh, to, just to make a point for you guys everywhere around the country. This week, we're, we're, you're all approaching the filing deadlines, if they haven't already passed, for the primary. You have got to commit to recruit good people to run for office. It's that simple, Okay. And, and because if you don't, then you can't bitch later that the people that you elected aren't doing a job or any good. So this week, we were very concerned because, as I said earlier, that Bill Johnson from the Ohio 6th has taken the job at Youngstown State University and his seat was going to be open. We needed to make sure that we had a mega America first champion in that seat. And there wasn't one. The guy the establishment was putting up, who's a Republican senator, who I hope doesn't file because he shouldn't file, is calls himself self-proclaimed champion for LGBTQ LXMOZ you know, in the Republican Party. He's, he's left, okay? So we were fighting and fighting and fighting, and we got God answered our prayers. And we're so thankful that Reggie Stolfus, 
who is in the Ohio House right now, who is a great candidate. He and his wife met, talked about it, met with advisors, and agreed to run for Congress in the Ohio 6. As I, you can see on the graphic here, Ohio candidate from Ohio 6 has the best conservative voting record in Ohio. And this is from the um, Institute for Legislative Analysis. And Reggie Stolfus has a 92.41% voting record on limited government ratings. He's a superstar. And those of you in the Ohio 6th, you're going to have representation from Reggie Stolfus if you will elect him. That you you will you'll be it'll be like having Jim Jordan as your congressman. Awesome guy. We're so thankful. So we uh, a Tea Party and Liberty groups in in Ohio uh, in his district, and that's the uh, Ohio Citizens Pack, the um, MOVCAC out of the Marietta area. Glenn Newman, my friend Glenn Newman, and um, Ralph Spampanato, the leader of the Stark Tuscaroras group in Canton, all came out and endorsed. Reggie Stolfest in a press release uh, this week because we're so excited to be able to elect a true conservative champion, an upgrade. I talked to you a few weeks ago about uh, in the Ohio uh, 2nd down in Cincinnati where Brad Weinstrup is stepping down, that our good friend Charles Tassel, a real conservative champion, is, is, is someone we're going to try to support. That race is getting wacky because there's like 11 people talking about running but you, we gotta we got to get behind the conservative people right if Trump is going to turn this country around he's going to need champions who will fight with him to pass legislation that defunds the deep state they need to implement project 2025 they need to implement every change that cash Patel puts in this book and they're going to do that and then I want to leave you with a, a personal story about the Portage County Tea Party and a local story. When we started the Tea Party movement, we thought, honestly, we thought, well, all we have to do is elect the right guy to be president and everything else is working fine. Wow, how wrong were we? What we found is the whole thing is a mess, that it's, it's corrupt and, and, and not functioning at the local level, the state level, the federal level. Congress is broken. The, the, the FBI and DOJ is broken. The military is broken. Okay? And so we learned that having representation wasn't only about electing people. At its core, having representative government is being able to unelect the people who don't represent you. And this has been where America, our, where our political system is fundamentally broken. Why? Because, what, 96% of incumbent senators get reelected. 92% of incumbent House members get reelected. Why? Because everything is skewed in their favor. They've got the money. They've got the name ID. They've got the people, the big business and lobbies who want legislation passed in their favor funding their campaigns, funding super PACs, attacking their opponents. It's not a fair system. We had a situation here in, in Portage County where we elected a woman named Gail Pavlika many years ago who came to us in 2019. She had no idea, uh, name ID. She was nobody. She had no money. She had no political experience. She came to the Portage County Tea Party and said, I, I believe like you do. I, I, I believe in the Constitution. I believe that you know we that we need to use the, the government needs to protect your rights, not take your rights. 
And we elected her to the Ohio House. And over the next four years, she got corrupted. And she betrayed us. And, and it's a big story here in Ohio. But last year, after we elected this, I'm talking 2022, we in Ohio elected the largest supermajority of Republicans in the U.S. and the Ohio Senate and in the U Ohio House in the history of the state. Out of, out of 99 House members, 67 are Republicans. Out of 23 senators, like 20, uh, 17, I think it is, are Republican. Super, super majorities, okay? And what happened? This Gail Pavlika lady last year took money from the Democratic unions and voted with the 33 Democrats in the House to elect a speaker that the Democrats wanted. Now, we called her out for that. And we said, what are you doing? We, we elected you to represent us. You're working with the Democrats. And they were working with the Democrats. Why? To make sure that, we, that, that they could put through the abortion amendment they put forward in November. To stop all the things we want to do to reform the schools. To get health care freedom. Important things. She betrayed us by voting with them. But then she said, Tom, you misunderstood me. I voted for this speaker, but I'm really a Republican. I'm going to vote, you know, things. And she made a vote for some other things that we wanted. And I called and I said, congratulations. Thank you for, for representing us properly. But then this week, we had a bill we've been fighting for for years that was called uh, Senate Bill 78. And, and in this bill... Uh, we were basically, Senate Bill 83, it said, in this bill, we were going to prohibit mandatory diversity, equity, and inclusion at colleges and universities. We allowed tenured professors, professors to be fired, something that has to happen to clean out the communist Marxist rot in our schools. Modify collective uh, bargaining agreements, require students to take courses in the subject areas of American government and history, required them to do that. This is what's in this bill. She's in the education committee. She voted no. She voted no. This Gail Pavlika woman comes to the Liberty Camp for Kids for the Porch County Tea Party. The best thing we ever did, where we teach first, uh, second through fifth graders to they read the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights. They meet George Washington. They know what the Revolutionary War is about. They discuss all the issues, and they become proud to be Americans. They love American history. You can't believe how effective this camp is. They don't want to go home. They love it so much. She's been to this camp. She saw that we teach these kids to love America, and then she votes in a committee to allow these colleges to teach these kids to hate America? How dare you? How dare you? And so we're going to throw Gail Pavlika out. We're going to replace her with a real warrior, Heidi Workman. And we endorsed, the Porch County Tea Party endorsed Heidi Workman this week. And we are going to elect her to, to replace this traitor, Gail Pavlika, and represent us. Because you can see by her children in this picture, and you can go to HeidiWorkman.com to donate to her, that she has the same values you have. They have a small business. They live in a rural area of Portage County. They love America. That's who we need to represent us. But you, my lesson to all of you around the country is, you've got to hold the people you elect accountable. 
when they stab you in the back, don't just spit out your coffee or tell your husband or your wife that was wrong. Call them up. Tell them. Confront them. Recruit someone to run against them. Donate to that person. Volunteer. It's your rights that are being violated. It's your children who are being indoctrinated. You can't sit by. And so the primary is the main place where you get rid of these people. And so I'm asking all of you right now, before the primary start, if you can still have input on candidates, recruit good people. If they've already had the file, our filing deadline in Ohio is not till the 20th of December. It's close, but there's still time. We're still looking for people to run against Dave Joyce and Mike Turner because we want to throw them out because they're terrible. But find people to run. If it's already past the deadline, then look carefully. Take the time to find out who's going to be on the ballot in your primary and then do something to elect the people that are real, that are not bought and paid for, that are not rhinos, but are patriots. Okay? That's a big ask. It's an everyday ask. Every day. Because we don't have a choice. I said earlier, we've got to fight. You can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. Defend your turf. Defend your land. Defend your family, your property, your personal freedom and liberty and prosperity. And you do that by not electing tyrants. Okay? So we're going to close the podcast. As always, I ask you to tell others about this. You know, the more people that hear this message and do the things we ask them to do, the better off we'll all be. If you have comments, send them to me at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. We read every one of them. You know, you get replies. If you have stories, videos you want me to see, if you have complaints, if we can make the show better, if the We The People Convention is going to be better, if we can do more, we're all about it. We're in this together, okay? But we have to fix this. Not anyone else. You and I and all our fellow citizens have to take personal responsibility and say, we know what's wrong with America What am I going to do today to fix it? That's what I ask myself every single day. And then act. Take action. All right? I hope that you have a good week. I hope if you're like I am with the gunk that you get a little better. I hope if you're really sick that you're getting better or getting good treatment at least. I hope you have a good week at work and a good week with your family. I I hope that you're getting geared up for the Christmas holiday, one of the most important, joyous holidays there is. It's a special time. And we are blessed, so blessed, to live in this great country. And so we got to show our appreciation by defending it. So I hope you'll be back again with us next week. I hope I'm back again with us. In the meantime, you've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. God bless you, and God bless America.
abroad. 